0: All right, welcome back to this episode of All Damn Night. I am your host, Brandon Richardson, here with our resident expert, Sean Demers, And again, we have a special guest with us, Mr. Jeff Yose. Jeff, thanks for coming back. We uh, had Jeff on last week. He was our first ever guest, and we, we had so much fun. We're bringing him back again this week. Uh, Jeff is a good longtime friend of mine. He is an uh, up-and-coming amateur stand-up comic, a professional wrestler, a superhero in training, and... That I am. Uh, Am I missing anything there on that? Nope. No resume. (laughs) Uh, Yes. So we are uh, we if you haven't listened to all damn night before we are a music history podcast. And what we do is um, take a story from music history. I research it. Sean and Jeff have no idea what it is. And we're going to kind of go over it, hang out, have a good time. And uh, shoot the shit about it. So looking forward to it. How about you guys? Oh, Nobody yeah. cares. Welcome back, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> good yeah. to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, without further, yeah, good for you. To be, uh, we we are. Uh, we, we kind of got bullied you. into it, didn't we, Brandon? We, we yeah, yeah, a lot of the the physical threats yeah. and the uh, the. I found a squirrel head in my mailbox. Yeah. That was a little weird. Yeah, there's a horse head in my bed. I, I don't
1: eat any of those things.
0: Bowls of oranges everywhere. Empty cans of you spam. Know, another.
1: And, yeah, I found a bunch <laughs> of empty cans of spam. <laughs> Funny you should mention that.
0: <laughs> it's a delicate. Of my world, so gentlemen. (laughs) Without uh, any further ado, welcome. Jokes on you! It's all my world. (laughs) Welcome (laughs) to all damn night. Welcome to all damn night. Two weeks ago today, on July fifteenth, two thousand eighteen, the final game of the World Cup. Was played. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Was a problem. So, are you telling me that you actually believe the World Cup is a real thing? I have seen no evidence to date that it actually exists. I got to say, I love where you are going with this. (laughs) I love it. And no, I do not believe that the World Cup is a real thing. I indeed believe it is a deep state plot run by the Illuminati. Thank you very much Mm -hmm. to keep us all in line. But for the purposes of this episode, and kind of keeping a coherent theme here. Let's pretend that it is real. So I'll allow it this time. Okay. Okay. So the World Cup final pitted Croatia against France, with France coming out the eventual victor and walking away with their second-ever World Cup title. I bet the British are steaming. They're not real happy about it. Yeah. No, yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, they're about to blow up the tunnel, aren't they?
1: Well, I don't know. <laughs> let's not go that far.
0: Now, like most good red blooded Americans, I find the notion of France winning anything to be a little confusing. <laughs> <laughs> let's face it for the last 80 years, France has been known for three things food, wine, and surrendering. And yeah, um, anything else? Cheese? Cheese. Well, it's a, a food. food. Yeah. Uh, a really famous architects and painters. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'll give Art. you that. Art is definitely a, 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 a big 80 subject. Years? Yeah. Okay. I'll go with that. Yeah. Well, 80 years. 80 years? years? No. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Maybe not Sorry, 80 friends. years. You're back <laughs> to Sorry, break. I wasn't, cheese I wasn't listening. Can we start over?
1: <laughs> so. Overly hairy porn. That's <laughs> probably what they come out with. Right. <laughs> <So. laughs> they're stuck in vintage era forever. <laughs> it's retro now. Now Now the 90s is considered retro That's true, that's true. This is uh,
0: ancient, I guess, by these standards. Uh, While, yes, it's hard to argue that the summation of modern-day French culture, uh, with this summation of of modern-day French culture, it's always worth remembering that it wasn't always this way. And, in fact, for centuries, the French were regarded as one of the most, if not the most, preeminent fighting cultures on the planet. From the Roman or from the Norman Conquest? Well, see, that's harsh because we wouldn't have won the American Revolution without the French. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. agree with that one. That's what we're going to talk about for just a second to kind of set the stage for this. Like from the Norman Conquest, the medieval time, cheese-eating bastards. They did us (laughs) once. They get us two solids, but you know what? (laughs) Uh, I think the debt's been repaid. Uh, Well, no, we also got an Eiffel Tower. No, they got an Eiffel Tower. I mean, Tower. Uh, we got the Statue, the Statue of, Liberty. of Liberty. Do you think we have an Eiffel Tower? Well, I, I mean, I, we have one in Texas. Is that good enough for you? Okay, yeah. Okay, I guess we do There's have an There's a couple of Tower. replicas all over the place, but... Now, isn't everything America's? Thank you. Thank you. I love this. I love where you're taking this episode so far. Uh, Now, the French were known uh, from the times of the medieval times to the French Revolution to the reign and subsequent deposition of Napoleon as a bunch of rowdy, fighting sons of bitches. But all that would change after June 24th, I'm sorry, June 28th, I'm so good with these dates, 1914, that day... The Austro-Hungarian Archduke Franz Ferdinand and his wife Sophie yeah. were assassinated in the streets of Sarajevo, Bosnia, by legendary historical shithead Serbian radical Gavrilo Princip. You're a big fan of the assassination of the of the Archduke, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm seeing. Okay. No.
1: Well, see, I'm a, I'm a black hand fanatic. You know. Really. Okay, so.
0: All right. Strong takes from Jeff. I like this though. But uh, you, you kind of if you're if you're walking around downtown Bosnia. Don't you think that uh, well, Bosnia is a country? I assume that it is also a city center because <laughs> well,
1: now that the plot the plot take, of his assassination two. was actually that <laughs> so might be the single worst. No, no, no. We're <laughs> leaving that in. That
0: might be the single most geographically <laughs> ignorant thing I've ever heard anyone say. <laughs> so. Well, I'm saying you got to know better if you're gonna go to Bosnia and fuck around, like. But you think Bosnia is a city? Well, no, I didn't <laughs> think it was a city. <laughs> Truth be told, I did not. But that's the way it it, it came out. So, <laughs> I think you think that Bosnia is like a a, a far. A mid-east Mayberry. All right, all right. I'll level with you. Can I be honest? I think you've been far too honest so far. No, no, no. I, I'll, I'll level with you. I was thinking that Bosnia was like the Somalian pirates. So I was confusing Bosnia and Somalia. Okay, To okay. be perfectly yeah. honest. I think it'd be a little... I mean... The city of Somalia. I'll okay, do the do city of Somalia oh. yeah. confused with the metropolis <laughs> yeah. of Bosnia uh so within short order austria-hungary had declared war against Serbia and long story short soon all of the allies of both countries were involved in the world's first truly global contract uh montenegro uh god bless you thank you for more on the origins of world War one be sure to check out the blueprint for Armageddon uh series by dan Carlin he's a he's does a genius job. If you really want World War One explained, that is the uh, the best resource because it's far too complex to cover here. Not uh, to be confused with the Somalian George Carlin. Right. No. No. Very good point. Very good point. Uh, always astute observations. Suffice to say, by late summer of that year, the whole of the Western European world had become a blood-soaked battlefield. New world weapons met old world tactics, meaning brightly uniformed troops would make repeated Napoleonic era charges like lining up and making a big charge at machine gun nests, sometimes on horseback, all while there was aerial bombing going on and chemical gas attacks. Uh, Perhaps no country suffered worse than France, whose soldiers marched off to war in bright red and blue uniforms, and they didn't even have helmets. They were, in fact, told that they wouldn't need them because by the time the helmets got there, the war would be over. Oh, wow. You know what's really cool? uh, Well, I guess it's not really cool, but um, the Middle Eastern fighting forces, not not, not so much the ancient world, but at least a maybe a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, they were, they were more concerned about ordained armor and bright colors and fancy engravings. Yeah. Like the Turkish. Than they, yeah. Then they armies. were with actual, yeah, the Ottoman empire. Yeah. that's Then they were with actual functionality of the army itself. That's funny. Cause this is really the dissolution of that empire. World war one is where that empire ended, but yeah, until, okay. until that point, like that's, they were, that's, they made a big show of all that cause they were a huge power. Yeah. I mean, um, there it, at one time, I bet it was effective to be flashy and, and absolutely in. Uh, conf- it would confuse the the and it's intimidating. side. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, but the war would not end soon. In fact, it would slog on for four of the most blood-soaked and suffering-filled years that humankind had seen up till that point. Much of the fighting took place in France, and for the first time in the 20th century, the idyllic countrysides of the storied nation were turned into pockmarked, crater-filled wastelands filled with bodies of the dead and dying, covered in toxic sludge and muck. Within just the first four months of this conflict, France would lose as many men as as America did on both sides of the entire civil war in the entire four years of that conflict. Oh, wow. So as many people as we lost in the entire civil war... France lost that many people in the first 4 months. And the Civil War was one of the most tragic wars of, of all time, is that correct? Definitely the most the the heaviest losses in American history. Okay, in uh, history. over 600,000 almost 700,000 uh, American servicemen killed. And in killed. today's numbers that's millions. Right, and even and even by those by these imagine that many killed in 4 months. Like uh, the, the the standards are just mind-boggling. It's it's it, the it was inhumane how the yeah. the leaders of, of the of all those armies uh, uh, conducted themselves, but uh, meanwhile and while all this was going on. Um, there was a child being born in Belgium four years before. Well, four years before all this carnage started. The there little was- baby Jesus. No, no, Sean, that's gonna get us in big trouble. <laughs> oh, that uh, he was Somalian. The, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, no, he was Somalian. <laughs> and his one mom was speak Bosnian. to the people, though. Uh, meanwhile, in Belgium, four years before the carnage of the Great War, a young child was born into the town of Libersies, pont a Thank you. Thank you. One more time. No, to a Romany <laughs> Gypsy family. <laughs> The Romani Gypsy are a traveling itinerant people from the northern Indian subcontinent, including, but not limited to, pay attention now, Rajasthan, Haryana, Punjab, and Sindh regions of modern-day India and Pakistan. Okay. I'm going to remember all of those. If I I had you point them out on a map, where do you think you'd point to? Where would you go? Are you looking at me like where would I point? I'm just wondering or if where? anyone's listening to me at all. Um, actually, <laughs> uh, more, more towards like, <laughs> say, I mean, um, if if you bring th- out a map and you and you make me point to the North Indian subcontinent, I will get within 500 miles. On a, on how big of a map. Oh, uh, let's go four by two.
1: Okay. A map of the yeah. sub- <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh,
1: I'd still get it wrong. I, I, I don't <laughs> think you guys could find it with a GPS. <laughs> no, but I, I still can't find it because I have a GED. So oh, okay. okay. A rounding into endo- it, resounding into <laughs> well, so it. You, of you, you our can't use Google Maps. So you
0: have to use Waze, oh. and then it tells you to you know walk across the Atlantic or Atlantic Ocean, but come up every five steps for air. And well. See, what's incredible about that is the gypsies gypsies are famous and infamous for traveling, and they did all of it without the Waze app. Get out of town. Their itinerant lifestyle and culture steeped in mystery and mysticism. Why were they so nomadic? Why didn't they just want to settle down by the river? Well, they didn't have a good enough van, I guess. <laughs> okay. No, they. Uh, uh It was part. This is part of. This is an integral part of their culture today. This is what the the, the Romanians or the Gypsy are. These says. those
1: psychopaths that live <laughs> oh, on the wow.
0: beach. Holy shit! Watch what you <laughs> and, say. They'll curse and, you right and, away. And uh, <laughs> in, and are, are having like a, uh out of body hallucinogenic experiences and, and live by like a shaman. No, no, no. In, okay. So like you know they Snatch. literally have oracles. You know, Snatch. Yes. That movie, Snatch. What Brad yes. Pitt is in Gypsy, that yeah yeah that's what they are they Pikeys. travel around they like yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think you have managed to offend everybody by now <laughs> in,
1: in every word possible that you could have used
0: for one people probably <laughs> uh well they're viewed well, with the you, great you were talking Uncle about boxes. a movie i was there. contextualizing it what they use that that term in the movie is very fluent no, that's a great term, actually. Too. Yeah. Uh, the Remind. <laughs> and he <laughs> trades a trailer for, like, everything. They are known He's for values <laughs> which, to put it mildly, conflict with those of the modern Western world. They are viewed with suspicion and disdain by many, like Sean, for their reputation <laughs> as vagrants and <laughs> tricksters, always out to pilfer and profit whatever off of whatever community they find themselves in on a given day. However... They are also celebrated for a fierce independence streak an incredibly vibrant cultural fashion and customs and deep musical traditions steeped in exotic rhythms oh, yeah, and string instruments. yeah, that's why we're here, is it not? Absolutely. Okay. I think. The child born this day in the Belgian countryside in a wooden shack was named Jean Reinhardt, and he would inherit this pride, proud tradition. Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. Huh. Born to an amateur musician father who played with a few local bands and of whom there exists a photograph, which is pretty cool. A photographic exists a. of him. Like Jesse James. It was mentioned <laughs> several <laughs> times. I was like, well, this guy's got a photograph. <laughs> I think there's one of me somewhere as well. Yeah. Uh, the young boy became adept at music at an early age. At an early age, the family had moved to a gypsy camp outside of Paris, France, and they kind of moved around through several of them throughout his entire youth. Can I ask you a question? Sure. How did he lose the other fingers? We'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. Okay. So, at an early age, the family moved to a gypsy camp, and he taught himself to play the violin, then the banjo, and eventually the guitar. In between teaching himself music, the young man also became renowned for his chicken stealing abilities <laughs> a skill that was highly valued and and still is in the Romani culture that's literally, that's not me, that's a, an literally actual article. the entire game of zelda is all about just fucking with chickens as well so you should uh, he's he's good at guitar it, but you should
1: see him still chicken <laughs> even to this day if you can catch a chicken you're pretty good not chicken safe you know <laughs> no.
0: i was watching live pd the a couple weeks or i guess it was a couple months back and this this hardcore seasoned veteran cop could not even catch a chicken, so I will give you that. I wonder if his dad was like standing outside while Django was in like some sweatpants, (laughs) and he's just like, I don't see why I should have to chase a chicken around. It seems a little silly. It seems a little silly. I don't know why. He's like, women weak in legs. (laughs) (laughs) And he always talks like Elvis. uh, (laughs) So the young boy gained a measure of renown for his musical prowess in the gypsy camps around Paris. However, the young Jean John, whatever, soon became colloquially referred to as I kind of just already alluded to as Django. And by age 12, he started playing professionally under the stage name Django Reinhardt. Django Fett?
1: No, Django Reinhardt. Did Django?
0: Young Django received extremely little in the way of formal schooling being functionally... Three Fingers. Yeah, <laughs> being functionally illiterate until adulthood and even then barely reading and writing in French at a grade school level. However, I mean it sounds very similar to me. I barely read and write in French. I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm <so> not criticizing <laughs> him. I can't read <laughs> yeah. and write in French at a grade school level. <laughs> However he garnered all he needed uh, musically by watching and mimicking his idols. The legendary gypsy guitarist like Jean-Paul Castro and Auguste Goosti is that Mala. the guy from Willy Wonka? And the i kind trying to park? think so. <laughs> <laughs> Augustus Groot. Now, by 15, he was making his living playing music, and by 17, he had married Florine Bella Mayer. Married at 17? Well, that's old by then. Fuck. This was a gypsy wedding, and if you're interested on more on gypsy weddings, you can check out the show My Gypsy Wedding on TLC.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which used to be the
0: learning channel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Those all take place in New Hampshire and New Jersey every one of those episodes oh you're you're uh, an aficionado are you no um i just happened across an episode because i was trying to learn across three seasons (laughs) i think we
0: learned something about so elaborate a little bit what 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 do they do professional wrestler aspiring comedian and gypsy gypsy aficionado aficionado.
1: (laughs) they were honestly as crazy like it was a wild wild trailer wedding like and it was two first cousins. Sounds like a married, party. So I had to change the
0: channel. Oh, see, and you're, and you're and you're and you're giving me shit. Big what? <laughs> <laughs> I got big opinions. Bigot. <laughs> uh, so at 18, young Django recorded for the That's first bigot. time. That's a big Not a bigot. That's why we keep him around wit like that. Yeah. He's sharp as a he's got a rapist wit. <laughs> A philanthropist's <laughs> rip <wit. laughs> He's a full-on rapist. Full-on rapist. <laughs> uh, At 18, young Django recorded for the first time playing banjo guitar more in the traditional rhythm fashion, uh, accompanying accordionist Maurice Alexander, Jean Vazade, and Victor Marceau, so three accordionists, and huh. a singer, Maurice Chamel. Soon after, he was receiving substantial acclaim as a young virtuoso. I think the American culture is one of the very few that has nothing to do with the accordion. So this is very popular in the rest of the world.
1: Indie bands are starting to try to do it. Like, folk punk bands are starting to bring okay. that back into...
0: Yeah, what's the band that had, like, an accordion player? Um, oh. I mean, I, I in one of my jazz ensembles, I, I did play with it. Literal gypsy accordion player so this is this guy's a fucking liar. I am not fucking lying <laughs> about this.
1: Oh my god, it was called Oh, you chain? just
0: happened to play with a gypsy accordionist? I'm not even joking. You're just making yeah. this up and taking the facts as like, oh, well, I go. Mean, did you
1: I know bands like Devotchka and like Modest Mouse sometimes brings that in, but like more towards like that indie scene that feels illuminated as they play their music. Right. You know, you'll catch it more in like indie films where you'll hear these, you know, people bringing this instrument into play. So the
0: the accordion is in a bunch more like where is that? Germany, France, Italy, France. Oh, Italy, yeah, concertina. Uh, Spanish. Um, oh yeah, you're right. Everywhere, Man, all, it is all everywhere. the all the old world. Well, if yeah. it was worth a shit, I guess we'd have it. I think the Germans had it for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then, yeah. so I mean, you know, like I've yeah, I've, I, I was gonna say like we have a big okay. German population in America, so like, like Polish, we yeah, Polish. had. Uh, we got Brazilians use the the concertina. <gasps> I, all beg the differ, fucking time. I beg to differ, sir. I beg to differ steven urkel renowned accordionist are you serious brought it to the masses i did not know this yes, sir he was actually dude every episode he had he had an accordion did he really know how to play it though i'm sure, sure. That's my i can't question, imagine actually. they would fake something like that i mean it was it was a major motion sitcom. hollywood though you know that wasn't a real family right like I said, could have sworn it was <laughs> could have sworn it was the first reality show ever. Now, uh, <laughs> Family Matters, notwithstanding, Jack Hilton. The what thing, was the theme song to Family Matters? I could, that's it. I oh my god! I, the only thing I can think of was Full House for the longest time. I've been oh, like, holy shit! No, that's wait. Is fan? Is that fan? Mm. Everywhere you look, that's mm. Full House. That's, that's right. Full House. Yeah, okay. and, yeah. Family nope, Matters out. is. But uh, no. yeah okay all right is that a yeah. milkman the paper boy? No, no the milkman no that's back house. in full house again you <laughs> <Damn it, damn laughs> could never escape san francisco <laughs> be that as it may <laughs> no. tell that to clint eastwood when he tried to get off alcatraz with those dudes he made it he he made it he all made the way I I i don't know but, totally but made now jack hilton the famous band leader, you might have heard of him, British band leader, came to France specifically to hear young Django throwing down and was so impressed he offered him a job on the spot. Doing what? Playing guitar in his band. Oh, playing banjo in his band. I assumed it was gardening or something. Nope, like nope, nope. I'm sure that was part of the side gig where you can make some truck tomorrow, driver? Maybe. Okay. Now, Django's big break <clears throat> had finally come. Already? Already. He's huh. 18. He's ready to roll. Now... He peaked kind of early, didn't he? A little bit, but before he could leave for England, he went home to get his stuff together and prepare he and his wife for the trip. Now, however, during the time he was gone, Bella had taken to making flowers out of celluloid to decorate their small caravan and sell and make a little extra money. Celluloid Celluloid. is plastic, right? What's, What's the film? Is that Kodachrome? Uh, you know, I was thinking that too when I was writing that. I something like that, right? Celluloids. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was something filming. like that. Extremely well, flammable. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now the thing is it's extremely <laughs> flammable, like our residents. <laughs> so <expert>. I, was, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> yeah. I was talking about this. It's extremely you flammable. You seem very yeah. familiar <laughs> with it. Because you are hundred percent correct. While it was no doubt it made their home very beautiful. Well, back in my Panzrem days, oh. I was, you know, burning down as many movie theaters as I could well (laughs) i'm sure you did a hell of a job not really they're all digital now oh it's true it's true well figure now you're in the podcast (laughs) game you're out of the theater burning game and i feel like this market is going to be much more conducive to your talents (laughs) now while it is no doubt not no doubt beautified their humble home it was also made into a fiery death trap as celluloid is incredibly flammable this is what i'm talking about so on november is this how we lost the fingers uh, <laughs> on November 2nd 1928 after knocking a candle over as he got into bed Django and oh, Bella found themselves what an asshole. almost instantly surrounded by flames blocking their only exit by way of a small wooden door. Jango went full beast mode and threw himself and his wife through the fiery door, receiving first- and second-degree burns over more than half of his body in the process. That is a great mental image. Oh, though. hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. G- G- I, like, I don't think of Gypsy Jazz. I hear, like, no. fucking slave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His right leg was actually so badly burned, the doctors suggested amputating it, but Django told them to piss off and moved instead to a He's nursing home. Call me.
1: Yeah. do no, 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 not
0: Where he actually eventually recovered as much as he could. However, also badly burned and permanently dif- disfigured was his left hand, the bread and butter of every right-handed guitarist. The two smallest fingers on his left hand were paralyzed. And this, is, this is a description of it from openculture.com. With his two good fingers, he this is his new. He had to develop a new style of playing. Yeah. So with his this is kind of what he worked out. With his two good fingers, he moved rapidly up and down the guitar neck while making very limited use of the two shriveled fingers on chords and double stops and triple stops. He rose above his handicap to create one of the most distinctive instrumental styles in twentieth-century music. Definitely. Now, can and, we pause for a moment yeah. here? If we're looking at a. Uh, some lead sheets, uh, transcribed by someone I don't know of, uh, uh actually, a uh, like I said, I don't know who this is, uh, of, uh, Django Reinhardt. We're looking at his style right here. It's very minimalistic, yeah, but like- very profound and melodic. So what he was, was in this, the, one of the first real lead jazz guitarists. Yes. Of all time. He took it, because, well, the thing was, this kind of necessitated that because what he had been doing and what the tradition was um, when you played in a jazz band was to play chords because the band around you was so loud. There's no chords here. Right. You couldn't play chords anymore. So it necessitated him doing this new lead style because until then, everyone played in these big chords and playing rhythms and nobody really played like lead jazz guitar. right? So even if um, you start to... Delve into the world of chamber music or anything like this. Um, you'll notice that Django's the transcriptions of Dra- Django's playing look like vocal transcriptions. Oh yeah, they do look. They look like uh, hymns in a in a in a hymn book. Like yeah, like exactly that. Yeah. It, it's it's well yeah, it, it's meant it's meant to be. Well, he's only playing with two fingers. Yeah, you can only play one one note or two notes at a time. So yeah, this is. Spot on, accurate. I give Wikipedia a thumbs up this time. (laughs) That was actually openculture.com. Biography.com with all the goodies. Oh my god! (laughs) Biography.com. Indeed. This was a triumph. He had uh, created an entire new style. However, things in Django's life were still steeped in chaos. The year after the accident in 1929, Bella gave birth to a son, Henri. Lausanne Reinhardt. But it is said largely because of the trauma and turmoil caused by the accident, the young couple soon separated. Was the child burned too? No, I don't think he was burned in the womb before he was conceived. Well, okay. I'm just asking, man. I think these are the valuable questions that need (laughs) to be asked. I think you're right. Now, young Henri would go on to be raised mostly by his stepfather and would reconcile with his father later, even recording with him, but they didn't grow up incredibly... Close, like it was kind of okay. Uh, split there after separating from his wife. Was Django, he burned? No, I think oh. Django really is the only one with the burns here. Oh, yeah, oh sounds oh. like he was emotionally pretty, pretty burned Pretty much the only one. Uh, oh, like, oh, emotionally burned. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> baby mama drama. Stepdad coming
1: into the picture. Now Django was soon. You're romantic. not my
0: real dad. jeez
1: I, I am. I am too. Watch me catch chicken. <laughs> All he had to do was blow that candle out, guys. I mean, <laughs> so you turn the lights off before you get in bed.
0: Well, maybe his wife—excuse <laughs> me—maybe his wife couldn't decorate their house with with a bunch of flammable material. You How about hear, that, you heard it here oh. first, folks. Girlfriends, if you move in with your boyfriend, don't fuck with his house. All right, I'm not trying to victim blame here. Leave I'm his man saying. cave yeah, alone. Just... So maybe mistake. don't cover your house in flammable flowers. But they're pretty. Pretty so flammable. After oh! After oh! Burn. burn. <laughs> so after separating from his wife, Django was soon romantically involved with a distant cousin. He could have been mm. on TLC. Huh. Sophie <laughs> Nanguine Ziegler. These people all have nicknames. All of these people's middle names so far Languini. have nicknames. like Languine. N- and I don't know what they mean, but they've all got like side, like MC names. <laughs> don't all of their last names come from their lineage, like what their ancestors used to do for a living? No, I think this no, is more be... of an Eastern European culture. Like that's a Western European thing. Like, is it really? Yeah, like like Schneider would be Weaver, or okay. like if you're a tailor, your last name would be Taylor. But I don't or think or that's Cooper. You're a... like a roofer. Yeah, they're or something not. They're not like quite that. as. Uh, that, this is like a more Easternized culture. Okay, so that's. Near Somalia? That would be that would like Somalia makes sense. <laughs> but
1: yeah.
0: So uh for the next four years they would travel the French countryside, playing occasional gigs and landing or living hand to mouth. During this time he became enamored with a new style of American music, jazz. And during this time period he made the switch from banjo to strictly guitar. There you go, Django. Django's own unique picking style applied to the guitar and influenced by American jazz techniques and tunes began to mold into a style all his own. Do you know which fingers didn't work? Yes, uh, so his, his pointer and middle fingers worked, and then the pinky and ring finger did not work. Okay. So he had like a claw thing going on. Well, my theory was is that the guitar was easier for him to play, but now examining what you're just telling me, these are the strongest fingers that you have. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, I guess that makes sense too. But yeah. But it, you can see like how it necessitated that real minimalist yeah. style, and it like yeah. the when you listen to Django stuff, you can't believe it's just a guy with two fingers. I couldn't do that right. with seven. Uh, so Django's own uh, picking style began to uh, mold into a thing all of its own, and by 1934, Django had acquired. Uh, His trademark Selmer guitar and uh, began playing it with the young Stefan Grappelli, who I have to admit, when I was researching this episode, I thought was a girl, but apparently it's Stefan and not Stephanie. And at the time, he... So this made this this a very confusing story for me for a while. I'm already confused. (laughs) Holy shit. Okay, Stefan is a dude, but I thought it was a dude, not a dude. I thought it was a chick. And it's not. It's dude. So you
1: assumed their gender?
0: Okay, I did. But when you spell your name like Stephanie, it literally... Look how it's spelled. It's spelled Stephanie. Oh, Oh, yeah. It looks like Stephanie. (laughs) I can
1: can see your mistake.
0: So it's a dude, and he was a young uh, uh, violinist at the time. Uh, Soon they had expanded their duet into a quintet, and uh, Django's younger brother, Joseph, who had all of his fingers... And somehow, for, uh-huh. for whatever reason, wasn't as good as his brother, That's who I know funny, me. It's not funny, but he was a favorite. No, he <laughs> probably was. This was is stepdad's kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, another guitarist, uh, Roger chipput anyone you want to slander him any before we move on? I'm sorry. What? Roger Cheput was a piece of shit. <laughs> 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 and uh, Luis Valla on bass. They called themselves. This is an awesome. Luis what? Louis Vola, Vola, not Vola. Louis Ballout on bass? (laughs) V-O-L-A. That's what I
1: heard the first time, too. Louis
0: Ballout from the And One Jazz Tour. (laughs) You know what? You know what? uh, America's greatest gift to the world is? America? Jazz. Do you know uh, what Britain's greatest gift to the world is? America. America. <laughs> <laughs> so eagle they, soars. God. <laughs> they <laughs> they, uh, they called themselves the Quintet du Hot Club de France, which often abbreviated, which I don't, this often abbreviated to QD. HCDF, which is a terrible abbreviation. Easy
1: household name,
0: right? But it meant the quintet of the Hot Club of France, which is that a great name. Hard consonants there, but man. that's a great name, yes. the Hot Club of France. That's a great name. If you yeah, like the f- yeah. first jazz group, I'm going. sure in, in French it sounds great too. But <laughs> the quintet du Hot Club de France <laughs> sounds awesome. It wasn't that bad. Actually, I'm so good at France, it kind of freaks me out. I wonder if I got hit by a bolt of lightning or something. Yeah. Anyhow. Could be. They went on to be one of the most yeah, popular. called American Justice. <laughs> and innovative and influential jazz groups in Europe throughout the entire 1930s. Uh, this is from an online article in Paris. On, it's all in italics, yes. Uh, in Paris, on the 14th of March, 1933, Reinhardt recorded two takes, each of Parsé que j'ai vous en met and Si jamais, Suzy. Uh, vocal numbers with lots of guitar fills and guitar support. He used three guitarists along with an accordion lead, a violin, and a bass. So three guitars, a violin. That's that's too much. That's too much string. You know, what's the violin doing? Well, you got to think like they got to have a lot of sound because like the way they record back then is just like a single mic. Who was the guy that the wall of sound... Phil Spector. Phil Spector, yeah. okay. He came up with that whole Motown vibe, is that right? Uh you know, I don't know if Phil Spector I think you're right, I think he did though. Like, he did yeah, because he that's how it. they recorded the Motown tunes, was just a central microphone with all these all these band members in one acoustically perfect room. And then if they literally did it in one take. There was no overdubbing, right? That's like what that. they were doing yeah. here, too. Uh, in August 1934, he made other recordings with more than one guitar, uh, including the first recording by the quintet. And in both years, the great majority of their recordings featured a wide variety of horns, often multiple horns, uh, of piano, uh, other instruments in there. Uh, all, all, but all the all string instrumentation was one of the most adopted by emulators of the Hot Club sound. That was like their trademark. They were like the Skinner of the jazz world. They had like three guitars. they were okay. like well known for that sound. That's my description, not one <laughs> yeah. that I Black read. Black Crows had three guitars. Is that right? No, they just had two. But when they played with Jimmy Page, uh, yes, yes, during that uh, very brief period, yes, See, right. my my entire world re- revolves around Jimmy Page. So I, I noticed that, uh, which is okay, I guess. Until we get into the how he was involved with Satan and uh, oh yeah, but we leave that out. You know, you got to give a guy a break when he's on that much heroin. Give a guy a break when he's involved with <laughs> Satan. The in nineteen thirties would be a whirlwind for Django and the Hot Club. Their music would be released in America, and they would tour all of Europe to adoring crowds. They would jam on live radio with Louis Armstrong, and in nineteen thirty-eight they played to a crowd of thousands at London's Kilbourne Stadium. Famous actor Eddie Cantor was in the front row, and afterwards he was so impressed that he walked up to the stage, bowed, and kissed Django's hand as if he were a king. Did his fingers start working afterwards? That's a very good question, and I don't think so. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Eddie. <laughs> Fuck you, Eddie. <laughs> You're a regular
1: spirit ailer. I think that was his way to sneak a closer look at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people tend to stand... Like, glare at deformities i'm pretty sure he was just getting a I wonder, that's <laughs> just the story
0: he's like i'll be a son of a bitch that's disgusting i mean <laughs> it's like he's holding two raisins i know? would i would want to see what it tastes like it's like personally. he's holding four chopsticks
1: <laughs> look did you have your hand in the water too long <laughs> did you play mariachis for bo Diddley? <laughs>
0: <laughs> however in germany there was a pissed off y'all are
1: awful no, Jesus. what's awful is that it looked like two chicken tenders that had been in the deep fryer too long. <laughs> however, in Germany,
0: there was a pissed off. Ev- I love it how a man overcomes a handicap and you think it's so fucking funny. Hey, he's always going to be better than me. No, it, it was pretty, it it pretty good. <laughs> uh, however, in Germany, there yeah, was Yeah, with, with two fingers, he's a better guitar player than anybody. I know. No shit. Yeah. How depressing is that? Yeah, like yeah. you
1: said, I have five and I'm still terrible compared to what he's... Obviously done.
0: I know. It doesn't make you feel good about yourself, does it? My jokes do. Good point. They should. They're very good jokes. What did him. he say? <laughs> His jokes make him <laughs> feel good about <laughs> himself. Oh, yes. okay. And everyone you know, at home agrees you know, with me.
1: Because it's very healthy and it's only well-adjusted adults make fun of other people and put them down to feel better about themselves. Yeah. We all know this. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I learned well, that on a therapy podcast earlier. <laughs>
0: real, uh, real quick, we're going to talk about someone who maybe wasn't so well-adjusted because, see, in Germany, there was a pissed-off, evil little man who sucked at painting and was bent on the ethnic cleansing Arnold oh, no, and national I, I know, socialism I know this guy the German shepherd guy Yeah, he wanted to rid the world of impure and inferior races and classes of people from the Jewish people to Catholics to gays to the mentally handicapped to yes the gypsies say what you want about him fucking leader Wow, he had Sean w- hey, coming with he, a fire dude, uh, today. Dude a had genuinely- a mouthpiece, man.
1: He had a promo like a pro wrestler, man. A genuinely shitty. <laughs> he painter. was
0: a Vince McMahon, horrific of painter. the old world. Oh,
1: most definitely. For sure. no.
0: <sighs> I mean, I don't want to say Vince McMahon is like Hitler. I see what you're saying. Like he's a- well, I would say Hitler's like Vic- Vince McMahon. And uh, Vince McMahon is. I see what you're saying there. Yeah, okay, I see okay. what you mean. Yeah. His, What's your take on this with your involvement in the pro wrestling world? Accurate I know, or I athlete.
1: agree, but I would actually compare him like to his his style of winning people over, even though he was the bad guy. Right. I definitely say Roddy Piper.
0: Okay. Wow. All right. Wow. So, yeah. Providing a little context for the listener at home. So. <laughs> Hitler aka Rowdy <laughs> Roddy, Roddy
1: <laughs> Piper Hitler aka the mouthpiece uh,
0: uh I've always been a fan of Cactus I can't see guy. how Rowdy
1: Roddy Piper has anything to do with no, it No I just I just mean like he was supposed to go over you know he was he was a massive no, heel especially in uh you know the late 80s Oh absolutely I mean the coconut smashing over um Oh, and s- s- snook his head. Little known fact,
0: Hitler started that. Yeah, I'm he pretty sure. He started the coconut smash. He used to smash yep. the coconuts over the dogs. That's where it started. And, and then people he would paint loved him. They yeah. loved it then. They really did. They so bought his art up like crazy. On, uh, on September 1st, <laughs> and, 1939, and <laughs> this little <laughs> shithead who was named Adolf Hitler sent his thugs to invade Poland and thus set off what would be World War II. At the time, Reinhardt was touring with the Hot Club in England, but he rushed back to Paris at the news and his guitar or his violin player grappelli remained in england the two would not see each other again until world's end in 1945 little i think fun. jeff has something to say
1: uh, just just a, little, just a little snippet he's been uh, waving uh, his little, arms yeah. look at me here i am <laughs> me, me, me. um little fun fact first german soldier to ever die in world war ii was actually shot by a japanese soldier really yeah. wow That must mean that the Japanese probably think all white people look the same. Fair enough.
0: So, in Paris... I mean... (laughs) I mean, we kind of do. We do. Fair enough. Yeah. In Paris, Uh, uh, Reinhardt replaced Grappelli's violin with the clarinet of Hubert Roustings and and carried on gigging. He married Sophie Zeigler. I don't know who... Any of those people are it's it's Hubert Rausch. So if we wanted to look them up, like how would we spell this out? You okay. know, even close to it, H <laughs> U <laughs> B E R T Rauschings. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> yeah. you.
1: I c- I'm looking at the spelling. I wouldn't be able to phonics that man. <laughs> like. So in Paris, Reinhardt replaced
0: Grappelli's violin with the clarinet of. You bell was t- and carried on gigging. He married Sophie Ziegler and had a son, B- 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 Reinhardt. Can somebody take the marbles out of Brandon's mouth, please? This I entire, think he's having a stroke. Do you smell smoke, my friend? I smell burning <laughs> tires and orange peels. <laughs> I uh, this entire document is like <laughs> underlined in red. It's all spell checked. It's all just like no, you didn't spell that name right. And it's like ah oh, well. <laughs> Who the hell knows what it would spell check to? So on May 10th... But Hitler was spelled right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I misspelled Adolf the first round, through, which I was kind of happy with. I guess I shouldn't be happy with that, being the historical expert, but you know what? Yeah, I'm not just. I'm just not as big a fan as as Sean. Uh, on, on
1: on May ten nineteen, I am a
0: fan of all the arts. all right, the the whole point of art is to induce an emotion. So whether that be the strong emotion of hatred that you get from Adolf Hitler's works, oh, he was a regular Andy Warhol, <laughs> or the absolute bafflement and stupidity that stupidity that you get from Andy Warhol. You're right, you're right. Andy Warhol's the real asshole He was. Holy shit. Wasted all of our time. I mean, I wasn't born then, but if I was, I'd have been like, fuck you, man. I gotta agree with you there. (laughs) Stop taking pictures of soup cans cans? and shit. Maybe some baby broccoli, because that looks kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it either. Well... (laughs) <laughs> there you go good point very good point django actually had on that note django actually had it's funny you mentioned that because django had a son you loved baby broccoli no he. he didn't at all but he His became son was a jazz guitarist oh sure oh okay <laughs> so on may 10th 1940 germany invaded france and weeks later occupied the country this was not good for django nor gypsies. Anywhere Like their Jewish counterparts, German gypsies since 1933, had been required to live in designated areas, wear arm badges, and eventually were rounded up and sent to death camps to be killed en masse. Fuck, dun, dude. Dun, Come dun. on now. A little heavy duty. Dun, Trying to have duty. a good time here. Some, uh, some 600,000. Thank you for your reverence. <laughs> some 600,000. <000 laughs> You got any music for this one? Six hundred thousand gypsies throughout Europe were eventually killed. So wow. as many as many gypsies were killed, uh, almost as we lost in the Civil War. Um, just to put that in context, like and Europe is rough. All of Europe is roughly the same size as United States. Yeah, so and you're taking a. I mean, just and they. It's 600,000 out of the, I think, 6 million total. So, in addition to that, so 600,000, that kind of gives some scope to the uh, enormity of how bad it was. Because 600,000 on its own, like Stalin said, one death is a tragedy, a million is a statistic. Uh, Yeah. Six six million sounds like crazy. Was he a painter too? I think he was a really fucked up painter. <laughs> he painted the fields red he painted like a, an X on a wall it's like he's deaf <laughs> like,
1: I mean didn't he even shoot one of his own what was it a nephew or something or yeah 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 forward uh, lots of his relatives he yeah shot. yeah
0: Well, I'm a terrible nephew, so I can understand that. (laughs) I mean, shoot. (laughs) Yeah, oh, definitely. Better watch your back.
1: (laughs) Uncle Joey's coming over.
0: (laughs) Well, some 600... Speaking of Uncle Joey,
1: everywhere you look,
0: (laughs) somebody who needs you, everywhere, some 600,000 gypsies, Sean. It's not funny yes it is no, no oh shit oh, no 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 no, no 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 holy shit <laughs> not no not, not the gypsies not the gypsies full house is funny oh no it's not <laughs> no it's fucking not <laughs> so to add to that
1: the german <laughs> the german government
0: post world war one had been no fan of jazz. They even banned it outright from 1916 to 1920, and then they banned it again under Adolf Hitler from 1933 on. He was a real tight ass. He actually believed that jazz was part of an international conspiracy to undermine German greatness. Because he's a
1: jive-ass turkey. <laughs> he is literally the definition of a jive-ass turkey, dude.
0: He is the OG jive-ass turkey. You're entirely right. Like That's hilarious, but 100% accurate. Yeah, So this placed Django in one hell of a precarious position. Many of his extended family were indeed rounded up and sent to the camps. And with Nazi occupation of Paris, he and his family were in very real danger. They needed to escape. And they tried. On three different occasions, Reinhardt tried to cross the border out of France. And he was caught each time. And because those arresting him. I imagine were, he was underneath like a room service cart. He tried to hide in a saxophone. And then a saxophone the second time. Or a guitar case. Yeah, that was a I'm good I'm pretty one. sure he was and the like Pink, Panther. A, a Pink Panther. Yeah, Pink Panther. da Yes, we guitar. all know the song, Brandon. We all know A little song. Gypsy guitar riff over there <laughs> now. <laughs> play, play it with two fingers. It's butt up. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> hey, like creeping with a little. It's two-person. all coming together now. Well, this though was really no laughing matter because on three different occasions, it's three. It, he's trying to get out of the country to save his life. Right. So on three different but occasions, but the room service cart was. Well, anyone else they caught though would have been sent to the camps or would have been sent to the prison and then to the camps. Especially once they found out that they were a uh, uh, Romani Jew. How would they know? I'm not not Romani Jew, but they were a Gypsy, uh, because they were they were required to identify themselves with what? With armbands, papers, like, oh. like Do papers thing too. They had to have papers, papers, and then they had to have armbands that okay. denoted that, like the Jews like would a have a tattoo or like a bracelet. Kind no, 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 like a, arm, a like cloth, cloth, cloth armband. Arm okay, yeah. all right. That would denote that you had to wear that and keep your papers. On oh wow! It. And then eventually, so all I those, imagine there were forgeries. Um, I'm sure yeah but I mean there would be no you would not want to uh, be identified as a Romani gypsy okay you know like if you could forge yourself to right. be, but obviously he he was, he was a famous uh, Romani gypsy but it ended up working out in his family Any, anybody else would have been taken to the camps because each time it, the people that captured him knew who he was they just kind of sent him back and said like well don't oh here. yeah they oh, like wow yeah there was one german officer so Django was a celebrity yeah absolutely he was super okay. well known and because the people that caught the nazis one time this these the this, people what the one time the swiss caught him that's why i said people so like one time okay the swiss caught him but they still made him go back and then the other two times german officers caught him and they were actually fans of his and were like well just go back and you know, we'll let, we'll let you go. But the Germans is who they were trying to avoid. Right, because right? this is, it, it seems even even Nazis loved to listen to music their parents didn't like. So the guys that were Nazi officers at this time had grown up listening to Django Reinhardt and the Hot Club. Oh, wow. They were like the the, the music that their parents didn't like. So of course they knew Django and they were like, well, shit. What's Not the, there. is it a Black or White, the music video where the kid's like, eat this, and he shoves in the tape. Michael Jackson's tape and it's,
1: That's
0: Macaulay Culkin <laughs> Isn't that that He was like he did, But his parents didn't like it He was like Turn that down Turn that down uh, That's Macaulay Culkin Yeah right I don't know I don't if know. Macaulay Culkin was in the music video Yeah he's video, got like Little gloves on He's like shredding okay. On the guitar He's at the first part Of the music video Oh okay He was playing guitar Technical with assistant Chan over here checking in with the affirmation of my it has been confirmed absolutely uh (laughs) despite the threat django continued to perform and record reinhardt continued playing and composing one of his songs nuages became an unofficial anthem in paris to signify hope for liberation during a concert at the saille Playel, the popularity of the song was such that the crowd made him replay it three different times it became like kind of an wow. official anthem for um liberation from the nazis the song also sold uh the 78 of the song the big record also sold over 100,000 copies it became like a real Where? in france it okay. became like a real political stance to oh wow sing that song to own that record that was like kind of an underground anthem because you couldn't sing the French national anthem anymore. This was like walking around New York City with a, a fun house or raw power or something like that. Yeah, it's like pretty that. rebellious. Yeah. And like Django actually proved to be, that's what's fascinating about this. He proved a rare instance in human history where he is a freedom fighter without a gun. And to be clear, ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of effective freedom fighters in human history, defective have been armed freedom freedom to teeth. However, this dude was a truly unique cool. case, and that his music gave many people hope where there was none, and seemed like there never would be again. However. He was also a pragmatist and an artist. What's a pragmatist? I was going to ask someone the same question. That that's pragmatic is someone that looks at things in a in a well. What's what's the best solution? They don't look at things with emotion. They don't look at things with uh, oh. Uh, they, they just say, well, what's the best solution? It's a black and white issue. I'll oh, make, okay. I'll make the most. So kind of like how the Army Corps of Engineers uh, designed the docks. In San Antonio for the Riverwalk, they were like, "What's the best solution? We're going to do this," and yes. then they built everything around that. You would absolutely you would want your engineer to be the ultimate pragmatist. That's it's based on pragmatism. Excellent. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Party time. So he's a pragmatist and an artist, and because he knew the Nazis were no fans of jazz, he ventured into other styles during this time. He wrote a mass for the gypsies, um, kind of like a theatrical thing, and uh, a symphony. Finally, on June sixth. 1944, I'm sorry. everybody in the entire studio just started nodding their heads. Yeah. <laughs> <Everybody>. <laughs> Symphony's
1: where it's at.
0: D-Day. Allied forces hit the beaches <laughs> and dominated the skies and the oceans over and around France as part of the final push to eliminate the Nazis on the Western Front. Wait, wasn't Snoopy there? In the Red Baron, who was the Red Baron? No, no, that's World War One. Okay, yeah, okay, that was that's Baron von four. Yeah, that's okay. that's a whole nother right. World War. All right. Snoopy fought violently, shot that son of a bitch right, right out of the sky. That's why he's so lazy. He does. He's he did his part. Yeah, he that's why did he's it. Cool. Man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, all right. So on August twenty fifth, nineteen forty four, the city of Paris was liberated, and a little under a year later, La France. Mm. Japan surrendered, surrendered in the Pacific Theater. And World War II, the most destructive war in human history, was over. Woo! Now, Thank God. After the thanks war... Thanks, Snoopy. Thanks, Snoopy. Our Lord and Savior, Snoopy. <laughs> so after the war, Reinhardt sought to really take off internationally. In 1946, he Yeah, could, I mean, we've talked about... Django for this entirety of this episode, right. and we're still not even in America. No, he hasn't made yeah. the crossover yet. So after the war, he wanted to, to come over here and play, and in 1946, he came to America and toured with none other than jazz legend Duke Ellington. Yeah. He was a okay pianist. He was decent. He was decent. Yeah. Serviceable. So he received... <laughs> Much critical and audience claim people loved it, but he felt autistically stifled art- artistically autistically and artistically. I wouldn't be surprised. Stifled honestly, to be I, honest. Uh, yeah. Um not a bad thing. Yeah. Without his usual band playing behind him and he was playing. I mean shorter you take sets, away one sense, you, you gain you heighten the other. Fair enough. So, yeah. uh, he was just playing like shorter sets at the end of Duke's sets. Uh, after waiting around a while to see if he could get more gigs in America, Django pronounced dude. Dude, yeah, he uh, Django became (laughs) disheartened.
1: Your opinion, (laughs) he became disheartened
0: and returned to France and devoted stay all Malibu, Lebowski. (laughs) He devoted himself to the gypsy lifestyle, full on. Many say he was disappointed with the entire experience in America, though, some that's kind of a matter of conjecture, like, that's kind of like their personal opinion of how they think he felt. But it might not be entirely inaccurate. He doesn't Wait, seem like. I mean,
1: it's not home.
0: He did. It wasn't the ra- resounding reception that he thought he was going to get. He thought he was going to like break through and like become a huge megastar. So he's not Xavier Cugat. Not quite. Not, okay. Not quite. But aft post posthumous, he's he's been pretty successful. That's kind of the thing here. Yeah, I I didn't realize that until I wrote this episode. He's he's got his own. I want to say semester in music college. Oh, I would I bet yeah, at especially least. Especially if you're studying I'm jazz sure people guitar. can yeah. major in yeah. Django Reinhardt guitar. They all have, two fingers right, right. <laughs> you gotta you gotta burn two of your fingers I didn't want to say it too loud but <laughs> he continued to book you've said horrific things <laughs> thus far in jest yeah, I true. was serious about the two-finger jazz pianist though, he uh he guitar. continued to uh, <laughs> book sold-out gigs and he would often he often wouldn't show up at all he would show up without an instrument without an amplifier he would simply wander off and go on a fucking nature walk and no I'm not kidding he would literally just like walk off and say I'm gonna go smell the do i mean he's not who am i thinking of forrest gump (laughs) i'm thinking he's a gypsy forrest gump dude he's i just started running oh is he really that's what he's doing i I was thinking like he was uh like uh, so so full of himself that he was like i'm gonna go for a walk and everyone's gonna (sighs) think it's art I, yeah, from I, I the way think it's he's
1: explained. A... It sounds like he's just lost.
0: Okay. He's he is he is. Yeah. He's like Forrest Gump with a. Well, little... Well, I mean, he can't read, dude. He That's can't there. read um, uh, Imperial. You he should can see, only read metric. You should see his letters. He's he's, he's at least a kilometer off everywhere. He, he wrote goes. letters <laughs> to people. He wrote like two letters in his entire life. And they look like a seven-year-old wrote them. They're like big oh, blocky man. letters. It's really me- It's he like,
1: only has three fingers. Only. He was
0: writing them with a banjo. But though. he has to Give the guy was, a break. He was right-handed. I mean, it, was he right-handed? Yeah. <laughs> so he can write. He was. Why
1: didn't he just turn the banjo upside down? Yeah. I forced myself to You're write. You're supposed with two. to write
0: with the headstock, not the not the strap lock. I think you guys are right. You should have gone back in time and fixed it. He turned out to be a a real shitty guitarist. You're right. Thank you for for divulging that on this. That's why we bring this podcast to you. Yeah. Well, I think to what bring we're out s- the truth. For no, us- he really was Forrest Gump with a guitar. Like, right. I, I, it, explain that to me. It's, it's I kind of so, wonder about that. So, can no, I you explain think that to in me? actuality he was a smart. He was he was a sharp guy. And yeah. like, well, he, so was Forrest Gump. No, he, was, he had like an IQ of like seventy four. Like, he knew what love was. <laughs> <laughs> he was just barely like he was like a point above being actually mentally retarded. Yeah, I but think, he was good at he was good at stuff. I think you do he, see. He would been I mean, he would have been savant. a fucking general I mean, you if he stayed in the army. I think it's not. A he was far a off ping point. pong champion.
1: Yeah. Uh, he was great at everything he did.
0: Literally everything he did. I would he, say he it
1: seemed like everything physical. I mean, physical. He, yes, I don't yeah. think he would have no. <clears throat> gone mentally, as far no, as like no, being yeah. a, in yeah. leadership in the military. But God I mean, damn, he could have he have cut that be, grass. Oh yes, and but the, that, that's what I mean. Like he was a savant, really.
0: Yeah, I think that's you not know. a far off analogy because, okay. like, he, he, I don't think that it's an intelligent issue. I, I think that he was plenty intelligent. I just think that yeah, I think there was probably a tinge of some, like you said. N- I don't know. I don't know. Autism or something. Maybe uh, he got burned. And this so is a Ford cultural was thing. The Compass trying to save Jenna. No, it's a cultural thing. It's like, because the, the gypsies don't take schedules seriously, they don't take, um, like, they don't live by the standards don't they share everything is that not it's not like entirely communal but it is entirely community law
1: like yeah uh, like a ruling within their and they don't abide by
0: like the laws of the country so if you fuck up you got to deal with your neighbor yeah you're not dealing with the court like a
1: high family member that they and they don't
0: so like the notion of like you have a sold-out concert wouldn't mean to him culturally what, what it means to us like it's, oh, yeah. okay. know, it doesn't quite mean the same thing. Yeah. So to maybe in his mind, like it legitimately is more important to go smell the roses or whatever he was doing. Right.
1: Aren't they on fire though?
0: Yeah. <laughs> what did he, <laughs> What did you say?
1: He said, go smell the roses. Aren't they on fire, though? That's a a good point. He was horribly injured. Because the wife
0: made them all out of the cellulite. That's a callback. That's what that is. Yeah, he might want to smell them, make sure they weren't cellulite. He calls himself (laughs) amateur. That's (laughs) professional-grade shit right here, He's top-level. He's good. Oh, man. So, (laughs) Reinhardt, he actually moved out uh, in 1951 to samois Sanson. Uh, something like that, near the Fontainebleau area where he continued to record and continued innovating. He started putting in, um, he started using an electric guitar, using bebop slang. He was like Post Malone. You know, you say that. He had a face tattoo. As, always as, tired. As you keep talking, addicted to Call I of see Duty. you fading into the distance of non existence in my reality. Does that song Fall so, Apart oh. playing as he's
1: fading away? <clears throat>
0: I'm sorry. It's Ma- more like a Marty McFly <laughs> kind of thing. Like the more you talk about shit like that, the less that you appear. I kind of fade <laughs> in the picture. <laughs> well, he he continued to innovate. Like, and he was only at this point fifty-two or so, uh, nineteen. That that was a tough one. Man. That was a little. Rough. Was uh, in nineteen fifty-three, though, as he walked away from the Avon train station. After playing a gig in Paris, Django Reinhardt had a stroke, collapsed and died. The father of modern jazz guitar was dead at only 53 years old. I had no idea he died that young. <sighs> Neither did I. Neither did I. Um You know what I have to say about that is So Jimi Hendrix. When did he die? What age or what year? Yeah, what age? No, he 27. 27. He died before he started to degrade, and I, I think that when you were talking about Django peaking when he was 18, I, I think you were incorrect. No, I don't think he peaked at 18. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I think he was maybe even peaking right before his death. It sounded like he was continuing to, it continue to expand. It seems like a deep state plot. Again, I love where you're going with this. That it. all these extremely unique artists tend to just, boop, gone. Right when they're hitting their stride, man. I'm gonna be straight up with you. When I read this story, literally, that's the first thing I thought. Maybe it's those word for word, of, exactly yeah. what I well, thought. Maybe I it's, it's Again, those ones
1: who don't shake, hand with the, shake hands with the devil are the ones who end up falling off. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and yeah. Again, early, that's man. all
0: conjecture, but I'll tell you, like maybe we've got it all reversed. You know, maybe who we worship is the devil, and then you know the good guy is is really the uh, Django. No, uh, that's Robert a... Johnson. Yeah, that's 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 who it is. The last fifteen seconds made absolutely no sense to me. I was confused because my mind way.
1: immediately, when you said maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> my
0: point is, is that they they Django, um, Jimi Hendrix faded away uh, before they became something disappointing. I I I've, I guess you could maybe say that. I mean, for about a decade after Reinhardt's death, interest in his music style was pretty minimal. Uh, like the 50s went by, bebop superseded to swing, uh, rock and roll came through, electric instruments became the kind of dominant force in music. But about but. 10 years later, in the mid-60s, a revival of sorts occurred, and many artists... They were who, calling it retro. I don't even know if it was retro at that point. It was Vintage. Like, yeah, vi- didn't
1: even bring up disco, Vintage. I noticed, but thanks.
0: It's the mid-60s. There Ooh. are some good disco songs. Hell yeah. All right. Very All right. true. Uh, many artists would go on to shape the modern music scene. They held him as a, uh, an influence and a hero. Uh, Django's innovation and in brilliance would uh, extend well into the 21st century. There are many festivals and tribute concerts today. Uh, his, his devotees, this is from another online article, but his devotees are uh, include John, Julian Brahm, who's a famous classical guitarist, uh, Chet Atkins, a famous country guitarist. The Allman Brothers song Jessica was written as a uh, by Dickie Betts as a tribute to Reinhardt. Uh, Woody Allen's 1999 film Sweet and Lowdown, the story of Django Reinhardt like character, uh, mentions Reinhardt and includes actual footage and actual recordings of uh, of reinhardt in the film and woody allen said that django was such a definitive genius on the guitar and the depth of his gift was so spectacular this woody. is all incredible yeah oh it's it's, yeah. it's an incredible story yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's no downside to django as far as i can see this might yeah, be my favorite yeah. episode i've ever researched like all the music listening to it was phenomenal the story was great uh, it, it's it's inspiring. I mean, it's kind. It is sad yeah. he died so early. Yeah, but he never stopped innovating his music. He made such an imprint in such a short time. Dude, you want to hear something sad? Let's talk about uh my favorite band Led Zeppelin, and we can start talking about Robert Plant. All those Holy devil worshippers. Oh well, no, and I don't you're Crowley, not a Plant Crowley. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was a Crowley. All right, but still, you know, Django. It seems like he had a great run. He certainly influenced yeah. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Holy yeah. shit. He, yeah. Was a, he was a truly unique person from a truly unique culture at a truly unique moment in time. And this produced a truly unique and innovative music, the likes of which the jazz world and the world at large had never seen before. He Gypsy suffered, jazz. He suffered, he persevered, he struggled, and he triumphed in the end for the music that he loved. And for that, Mr. Reinhardt, we salute you. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? on Reinhardt, on his impact on music in general? Well, um, <clears throat> I think we may have learned that less is more. I'm staring at a lead sheet from, for caravan right here. I mean, it's a cover tune, but still, uh, it seemed like he could play whatever he wanted. Yeah. He played all different he styles. He was not limited by his handicap or yeah, his, Which his is an disability. admirable yeah. like quality of
1: his. Yeah. So many other people were
0: just you know. giving up. Like, yeah, it, yeah. Wouldn't, it wouldn't have even been. Uh, uh, it would have just been like, well, that sucks. Move on to the next I one. If anything, going from banjo to guitar would have hindered him. You would think so, yeah. because he would have to stretch his fingers farther, an extra half step, heavier strings. Uh, not only that is, yeah, like he just he just rose above everything that was given to him, and he he came out on top, hundred percent of the time, except for when he. Fuck died but
1: well fair enough sean <laughs> but none of
0: us can win at all uh and none of us bat a thousand I, mean, I mean
1: but if not we're still think, talking Jeff? about him to this day even yeah. though he did die so young he accomplished so much where it is worth talking about and you even mentioned earlier that there is a semester in a class yeah you know dedicated to him if uh, one can only hope to be so important you know to music in general i mean Right. I mean, John I, Cage
0: I, only got an episode from us. You stupid know, stupid <laughs> bastard. Well, uh, this one I genuinely enjoyed, uh, thoroughly enjoyed researching and writing, and I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode as well. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, you can check us out, as always, online at alldamnight.com, on uh, Instagram at alldamnnightpodcast, on Twitter at All Damn night. Uh, you can hit Sean up at Sean at All Damn Night. S-E-A-N. S-E-A-N. You can me up at Brandon at All Damn Night. Uh, what else here? I think that's all for our plugs. Other sh- YouTube! YouTube, YouTube. channel is yes. coming up soon. Ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned. Check in frequently because it is coming we, right we now we think you'll really enjoy this coming uh, villi- soon. the video element to our to the show coming up here um also come uh if you're in austin on tuesdays be sure to come check me out with my band brandon richardson and the common criminals uh, oh they're great outlaw country uh you sure you yeah outlaw country yeah okay yeah, it's um, really good right? yeah thank you. go thank quite you. often we play uh, every Tuesday night, uh, 9 to 11, at the Craftsman Bar in Austin, Texas, on uh, East Caesar Chavez. 2000 East Caesar Chavez. You know Come what's cool, by. too, is they have Prosecco on tap. They're, it's an awesome plot. It is it's they pretty great, fucking great cool. Drinks. I will own that dartboard. Nobody challenge me. Come down and challenge Sean on Tuesday nights. Nope. Uh, so that's all for social, social media <laughs> plugs. That's a bad <laughs> plug. Uh, Jeff, anything you want to plug?
1: Oh, actually, yeah. I'll just plug my Twitter. It is geotheist. It's G-E-O-T. T H E I S T, and and, and, uh, uh, and get at me whenever. Awesome, awesome.
0: Yeah, he's he's a funny guy on there. Go out there, check him out. He'll be on. I'm not convinced. He is. He is going to be uh, an up and coming comic here in the Austin scene. So be sure and check him out there and follow this guy. He is a he's a star in the making, a superhero in training. Thanks again, Jeff, for coming on. Really yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you so
1: much, sir. Sure. It yeah. was always good to be here.
0: And, great. and Sean. Thanks again, and uh, thank you. We will be seeing you next time on the next episode Au revoir. of All Damn Bye. Night. <laughs>